Hi, everyone. A quick word from me before we jump into this week's episode, which is a little bit different, as you're about to hear. But first, I wanted to tell you about an event that is being held by the Women in Strata Group on Thursday, the 5th of October in Sydney. Now, you'll hear me talk a little bit about Women in Strata in the episode you're about to hear. And this is really good timing for me to let you know that we're holding a breakfast event at Macquarie Bank in Sydney on the 5th of October, which is the official launch of the Women in Strata Mentoring Program. Now, this is for all women working in the strata sector, whether you're a manager, whether you're a service provider, women who want to tap into the power of either having a mentor or being a mentor. Women in Strata has the program for you. We're certainly going to have some men at the event as well, so please, men, don't hesitate to join us. More information from www.womeninstrata.com.au forward slash events. Head over to that webpage and you can click through to register to attend the breakfast. Now, we've had breakfast hosted by Macquarie Bank for Women in Strata before. It was around this time last year. They put on a fabulous spread and it is a great opportunity to either catch up with or meet other like-minded people in the strata sector. So do jump in quick, secure your spot as spaces as always are very limited, womeninstrata.com.au forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Now for this week's episode, enjoy. Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. I have a very special episode for you today. I actually have two guests with me. I have Natalie Fitzgerald of Strata Sense. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Amanda. Natalie's been on the show before. Episode 21, we had a chat about strata management contracts under the new New South Wales law. And I also have with me the lovely Rena Van Oust of Strata Central. Hi, Rena. Hi, Amanda. Now, Rena is, of course, a regular now on the podcast as each fortnight we discuss our week in Strata. But something you may not know is that both Rena and Natalie serve as committee members on the Women in Strata Committee. Now, you might have heard me mention Women in Strata before. It's a networking and support group for women working in strata management, which I set up about two years ago now after recognising that women working in the sector do have experiences that are unique to them as women. And I saw a need for a group that could support women, women strata managers, women working in strata management companies, as they aim to be at the top of their game. If you want to find out more about women in strata, you can go to the website, womeninstrata.com.au. But I've invited both Rena and Natalie on the show today, not to talk about women in strata, or not just to talk about women in strata, but to talk more generally about diversity. And the particular topic that we want to discuss is diversity on strata committees. 
Now, I know all three of us have been approached in recent times by committee members or aspiring committee members who feel that they'd like to sit on a strata committee, but for a range of reasons, they don't feel that they'd be supported in their nomination. They don't feel that they would be accepted as a committee member, that they'd fit in, that they're right for that role. And it's led to some discussion amongst the three of us about whether or not our strata committees are as diverse as they could be. If they aren't, is that a problem? And if it is, how do we solve that problem? So I thought a fabulous forum in which to have this discussion is indeed this podcast. And I'm going to start with you, Natalie. Why is diversity a critical issue when it comes to strata committees? Well, we live in a a diverse community and our buildings are diverse. So it would make sense then that we expect our committees to represent a a fair cross-section of all the people living in the buildings. Mm. And the downside, if they don't, is that a whole group of people, whether it be women, whether it be a certain ethnic group, suddenly feel shut out. Um, it, It could be generational, but if the committee doesn't represent the whole cross-section of the building, then you're going to, whether it be perception or reality, have people feeling shut down from decision-making. What do you think, Rena? Yeah, I agree with what Natalie said. Um, Warren Buffett famously keeps saying that if you don't employ women or let them have a voice in in society, then you're missing out on half the population. So Mm. I think it's really important that, as Natalie has just said, society is diverse you know women make up half the population therefore perhaps that is not reflected in ownership in strata plans sometimes that may not be the case but I think that we should have diverse views in a building so that in a sense you, you get the best out of both worlds you've got a diverse population giving you ideas that are perhaps different to what you're going to expect if you only had one type of committee member on, on your scheme so mm. I think our our default position very often when talking about diversity is to talk about gender because it's something that is immediately obvious to us when we're sitting in a room and we find ourselves as the strata manager or the strata lawyer as the only woman in the room. But diversity is not just about gender. As Natalie said, it can be about ethnicity, cultural backgrounds. It can be about age. Age. And yeah, Mm. and that's something that as we do have people aging in place, as the academics say, and an age population. We do have older people living in strata buildings and living in their buildings for longer. Are they represented on our committees? So maybe we could just touch on what is it that makes a diverse strata committee? We're talking about gender, we're talking about cultural background. What else helps us to achieve diverse strata committees? I think, Amanda, you touched on it. It's gender, it's ethnicity, it's age. It's taking a look at the building. Reality is certain buildings are going to attract certain members of the community. You know, I run a a training session on making sure you know what you're buying into and then that's a building where the expectations and your lifestyle meet. But there are also going to be buildings that do represent that whole cross-sectional society that we live in. And if you're in one of those buildings, then it's fair to say that each of those groups should be represented One of the things we find in the generational argument more than not is that the younger people, the new owners, are feeling locked out. Mm. They want to improve things. They want to spend money. They they see the value in investment, whereas you might have older generations on fixed incomes who would rather not put money in the capital works fund, who'd rather not do improvements, and suddenly there's a whole um, demographic, and, and these are owners in their own right, feeling locked out from a contribution because the committee's been stacked against them. 
I also would add whether you have resident owners versus non-resident owners, yes. whether you have professionals versus people that are not in profession. So you might have different interests, like you might have accountants, you might have designers, you might have you know people that are involved in landscaping. So those people also bring a different perspective and viewpoint when considering decisions. And, and as Natalie said, the generational one where yeah you do have people that are older and perhaps non-resident that don't want to spend money versus those who are younger and can see the value of improving their assets. Yeah, I think it would be a hard argument to make that a diverse committee is not a more highly functioning committee and perhaps a more successful committee. If we accept that position, that diverse committees are something we should be aiming for, how do we then achieve that? So for both of you as managers and working with committees very closely, what buildings do you see doing this really well and what is it that they're doing differently to other buildings that maybe could do with a bit more diversity on their committees? I think it's it's certainly interesting the way committees or strata as a micro community can reflect the greater community we're in. Mm. There's no doubt, um, particularly in relation to gender, the reason um, I brought this up with you, Amanda, was because I had women um, come up to me and say, I want to be part of my committee. I don't feel confident in putting that forward. Mm. If I do, I'll be woman, I feel like I'm going to be bullied. And you're realizing that that micro community is just a mirror reflection of what we're often fighting with in, in our real lives as well. To me, it's it's really about education. It's making every owner understand that they're valued, that ultimately every vote is valued and important, and making sure that as a committee, they understand that they're obligated, legally now obligated, to act in the interest of all owners. And there was always a common law expectation of that. It's really great that it's in the legislation now and we can empower everyone to take that stance, to stand up against anyone who may not have come onto the committee with the right intention. Mm. I think also with younger people, um, they are very time poor because they usually have, you know, work quite long hours and and also we want to socialise and therefore sometimes I find that because people are are time poor, sometimes that diversity is not there because Mm. younger people don't have the time to commit to the level of time that's needed to actually, you know, contribute significantly on a committee. And therefore, sometimes you do get the skewing where you have the older generation who have more time, who are semi either retired or semi-retired living in buildings. And therefore, you find that there is a tendency for those people perhaps to um, have a voice versus women who, you know, sometimes don't feel that they can actually contribute or, that it, or they're made to feel that they're not able to contribute. Because of sort of, sometimes it's actually not really said, but it's what's not said or what's insinuated, I think, for women. And perhaps, you know, it's taking up numbers, things like that, where sometimes women are deliberately kept off committees. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you raised there, Rena, about people and perhaps uh, younger people or people with young families, they feel like they're too busy, too busy to contribute something of value. And to me, that's a job for the incumbent committee members to be saying, hey, whatever contribution you can make is going to be valuable to us because we don't have somebody like you on our committee giving us your point of view as a young person or as a person with children in the building or as a woman. And whatever you can contribute, however insignificant you think it is, it's going to be significant to us because it's better than nothing. And so I would see that as the role of the existing committee to be looking for those people, to be getting to know your neighbours, to be getting to know which ones uh, have the special skills we've just been talking about, maybe can add something to the committee as a lawyer, as an engineer, as an accountant. 
we're about to embark on a project and we could really do with an architect or a landscaper like you. So you've got to know, first of all, who those people are so you know where to find them. And then encouraging those people to say, hey, I know you're busy. I know you've only got five minutes, but five minutes in a week to look at an email we've been circulating and let us have your view is going to help us take this building to the next level. It's also, I think, about embracing technology and the lifestyles and the way we communicate differently. There's no reason for us to sit around a room every Mm. six weeks and hold a meeting anymore. Uh, We've certainly started holding meetings remotely. You may have one or two people who prefer to be there in person and and the others are there via whatever platform you you happen to use. There are communication platforms out there that people can use. Email, I feel, is, is on its way out which is, in my mind, is a positive, and we're embracing those alternative platforms more and more so the time pool can work on their phones while they're commuting to and from and contribute positively um, in kind of a different way. And there's there's no reason why you can't take the old and the new and, and merge them together and, and make it work for everyone. So it's being open-minded to solutions so that everyone can be included. Mm. And what's your experience, Natalie and Rena, of committees who for a particular project or for a particular period of time might put together a subcommittee which is drawn from the wider group of owners and it's a subcommittee for, um, it might be a regular thing like the social subcommittee that helps with Christmas parties and, and the like or it might be the bylaws subcommittee which is going to lead the way on the bylaw review that the building needs to do. Is that a way, you th- do you think, for getting the wider owner body involved and tapping into that talent in a way that doesn't make people feel, oh, I've committed to a, be a committee member for 12 months and take on all the responsibilities that involves, but still getting those voices heard? Yeah, I actually found that works quite well in, in the majority of buildings that embark on using subcommittees. Um, the only downside that I've seen is sometimes the subcommittees think that they can actually make the decision. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I just have to be reminded that the subcommittee can, makes a recommendation and the committee is the ultimate body that can actually make the final decision. But it does work well. And people that have certain interests, like you said, Amanda, that don't want to be on the committee, that just like to deal with, like I said, bylaws or if it's um, a design project, for example, a foyer renovation and they've got some skills in that area or they've got contacts in that area. I've found that to be very, very um, helpful and it actually, in a sense, expedites the um, project because you've got people working on the side that then can come back and report and then the committee can make um, a well-informed decision based on what's been provided to them. Mm. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that, Rena. The thing is when owners or committees have too much going on, nothing gets done. So when you have subcommittees focusing on one project, bringing recommendations back, the committee are able to get through more and, and suddenly a project that can take six months without a subcommittee, you might be able to resolve much quicker than that. Mm. Excellent. Well, hopefully we've given our listeners some really practical ideas for how they might start thinking about whether or not their committee's diverse or as diverse as it could be. And if it's not, how they can reach out to other owners and try and get them involved. Have you got any other uh, quick action steps, Rena or Natalie, that you want to suggest to our listeners for how they can today start increasing the diversity of their strata committee? I think First and foremost, talk to your neighbours and talk to (laughs) the owners so you know who they are. Don't completely disregard the tenant. You Mm. never know who's living next door. You can Mm. have an 
or a, an engineer or or a tenant who's um, invested in living somewhere that they love as well. We find more and more these days that tenants become owners in the buildings that they rent in because they like being there. So yeah. extend beyond your owner panel, look at the tenants and, and get to know who's part of your owner's corporation, particularly if it's someone that, that is different to you with a different viewpoint, with different contributions to make, because that's what you need as a committee. There's no point having everyone thinking the same way. That's not going to challenge the status quo or make things better. Mm, absolutely. I think another thing that um, we try and encourage at meetings is to ask people who nominate to sort of just give a sort of a one minute talk about their background, who they are, and what they'd like to achieve in the next 12 months. So at least it gives people that are at the meeting sort of an understanding of what they bring to the table. Mm. I think one of the issues with um, strata committees is the fact that when you're asking people to submit a significant amount of time, that when people aren't paid, then you really can't, you know, impose and say, well, why haven't you done this by the next meeting? Mm. So perhaps sometimes a thing to consider is giving your committee members who do significant work an honorarium um, that yes. can be discussed with the committee. And obviously it's put on the agenda and it's paid um, retrospectively from the last AGM. So that's another idea where if someone is putting a significant amount of time in the building and in a sense taking a lot of work off us Australia managing agents, then I think they should be remunerated for that and the owners should actually put a value on their time. Mm. Great tips there. And I do want to remind our listeners that you can get the transcript of this episode and this transcript is I think going to be a great resource for you as an owner or as a committee member or even a strata manager to shoot off to your fellow committee members or your aspiring perhaps committee members and say, hey, check this out. Here's some tips for how you can get involved, how you can increase the diversity of your committee. You'll get the transcript from yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash 080. Anything else you want to add, Arena and Nat, before we wrap up? Not me. Thanks, Amanda. It's been wonderful. <laughs> no, I'm good too. I, I think we covered a, a wide range of topics in relation to diversity and, and hopefully people are able to take away the confidence to put their hands up. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you. I know you're both busy ladies and thanks for giving us your time to talk about this particularly important topic and I shall chat to you both very soon. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? Thank you.